Hi everyone, welcome to episode 29 of Sad Girls Club Podcast. My name is Zuri, my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Gwen, my pronouns are she, her, hers. <laughs> and this week we're going to be talking about a presidential update, talking about the debate that happened last mm-hmm. night, um, which was Monday the 26th, um, and then the recent police murder of Terrence Crutcher by Betty Shelby, who's a white woman who has actually already been charged with manslaughter. And so just like some of the conversation that's been happening about that. And then for our gen topic, we're going to talk about this essay called The Woman You Want to Be is Rich. Just a conversation about how women literally need tons of money to exist and like to have lives that they want. Um, and so before we get into all that stuff, we're going to talk about what we've been listening to, reading, watching, and how the legacy of colonization has been affecting us in the past week. Okay, I'm reading this book called Homegoing by, um, I have it right here. Her name is Yaga. Gayasi. I'm probably saying that really wrong. She's Ghanaian. Uh, I bought this book like a few months ago just because I heard a lot of people talking about it and I, I knew that I wanted to read it. And I don't know, like I only read on my commute. So I just started reading it. Well, I just started reading it today, but like yesterday I like put it in my bag to like start reading. So I had no idea what it was about, just that like people were really into it. I knew it was about slavery in some way. So like I'm reading the blurb on the train yesterday morning and it was like... This is all in the blurb, but it's not a spoiler. So it starts in Ghana, and it has, like, two sisters who are, like, half-sisters. They don't know about the other one. And, like, one of them gets married to, like, a white, like, English, like, slave owner or whatever. And she, like, lives in a castle. But then, like, in the, like dungeons under her castle like her sister is like one of the slaves and like her sister is sold into american slavery and so like that's just i just like read the blurb and i was like this sounds incredibly fucking intense like i don't know if i can actually read this today so i just like i actually started today and even it's it's like really good it's like over and i'm like super in the beginning i think like 20 pages in but just like knowing what's gonna and i'm just like this is gonna be crazy. I don't think I'm ready for it. I'm like holding it at arm's yeah. length when I read it. But like definitely sounds yeah. like exciting and I wanna know what happens. But I'm also like, this is insane. <laughs> and I feel like I don't even know like I know a lot about like American and like mm-hmm. Caribbean slavery, but not really necessarily like what actually happened in Africa. So I'm like, whatever. Uh, I'm gonna yeah, continue reading that. And then mm-hmm. I've been watching I feel like I'm watching, well, How to Get Away with Murder came back, and my initial thoughts were, I hate this show, nothing ever makes sense, like, I'm so annoyed already, and then Quantico came back, and I feel like that, like, I have the same thoughts, just because that's another, like, really intense, they do, like, time, like, jumping around, and it's just, like, I don't know what's going on at any moment, and I probably won't till the last episode of the season. What else am I watching? I like tried to watch the Bad Girls Club season. It is our podcast namesake, but <laughs> the thing about this season is that it's literally just Instagram honeys. Like I think it's called like Wait, are social you disruption. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, some of them are like Insta honeys that have like two hundred thousand followers, and there's some that have like fourteen thousand. So it's like Ooh. you're not even on the same. Already, level. you know you're lesser than the two hundred thousand one. Right, but then it's just like I don't really. I never like followed any of them or like heard of any of them. I like the Instagram girl. Like that's a cute thing, but like. Mm-hmm. they're just like clearly not as interesting as like your typical bad girl because their whole thing is just yeah. like looking cute and taking selfies yeah like thirst traps right 
but then I also feel like I think this is the 16th season and the show is just like so predictable at this point even though they try to like have a gimmick like on the first episode they're already like oh this girl like dances badly she's boring let's kick her out and get a new girl and then they're probably gonna hate the new girl as well I'm like how can we just keep watching this it's boring I so I didn't even finish the episode but I did attempt and who knows what I'll do I like tried to watch the get down this weekend because I was like I watched approximately 10 seconds and then I was like oh I did see a new episode of Robin China (laughs) like let me finish that so still didn't watch it um Oh, no, well, did you like, um, do you like Baz Luhrmann? Yeah, I do. I do like, I like the Great Gatsby one, and I like, um, Romeo and Juliet oh, a Romeo lot, actually. Oh, Romeo plus Juliet, literally iconic. Right, plus <laughs> sign. <laughs> Sorry, not Romeo and Juliet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do really like both of those movies, actually. I heard that The Get Down is, like, boring at first, but, um, mm. I've seen so many gifs of it that looks so cute and like i feel like yeah. the kids who are, on are so cute i'm obsessed with jaden smith like that's oh, really totally. all i needed um i just yeah i just didn't have the stamina to watch that yeah. i feel like starting dramas is so hard right yeah i like had to really be into it i couldn't just be like oh this yeah. gif looks cute let me watch it yeah I, it does look like a really like beautiful show though. right right yeah i mean it's like super ornate. I'm like, yes. I think it was Netflix or is Netflix's most expensive show to this day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if it was filmed in the Bronx, but like it's about the Bronx. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's my hood. Um, Yeah. Didn't didn't make it through it though. Um, <laughs> And I kind of felt like there were something else I was watching, but I don't know. And then I've been listening to nothing new, like as far as music, but I talked about this on the last episode. I mean, so I just like wanted oh, yeah. to say it again. <laughs> this is a podcast called Bad With Money. Um, oh, yeah. I think like Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn, who's like the host of it, who's a, a YouTube. Maybe that's what I was missing. I've been watching a lot of YouTube makeup reviews. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> First of all, by who? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I look at it like by product. Like if I need to know if a product oh, okay. is good, not necessarily okay, a yeah. specific person. But uh, yeah, the podcast is called Bad With Money. And the girl who posted just a, like a YouTuber, which I only knew because I looked up why she had 100,000 followers on Twitter. Um, but I really like this podcast so much. And the thing is, it's like newish. I think it's probably in its like fifth or sixth week. Um, I feel like I'm just... Like, I don't think that I'm bad with money, but I definitely, like, think about it every single day. And, like, it's the number one cause of stress in my life. But I'm also, like, really nosy and, like, want to just be, like, how much money do you make? Like, what's your credit score? Just, like, getting all the details from, like, every person. And, like, especially, like, people who are, like, my age or, like, just to make sure that I am doing everything correctly. But also because I'm literally just nosy. Like, I think in one of the first apps she, like does like person on the street interviews and she's like what's your favorite sex position and like how much money do you have in the bank and like people like like no one answers both of them and like most people do the sex question but then one girl's like she like doesn't say what's your favorite sex position but she says like i have 150 dollars in the bank or something i'm like well yikes that's well i i love that you're considering that yikes i'm considering (laughs) that rich i'm like wow okay (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I've been working for a while. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that would be a yikes if I had $103 after working for a full year full time. I guess. And thanks to the Mint app for telling me everything I'm doing incorrectly. Mm -hmm. 
and literally sending That's me alerts. That's so good that you actually use men. When we do our um, sad girl episode of with advice for postgrads in a year or two. <laughs> it's going to have to be in about five years when I'm actually like. Successful. When I actually have, yeah, had some success. Download the Mint app and actually like listen to what it says because I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about money and now I kind of do. Um, but yeah, she like interviews people. So she had Roxanne Gay on an episode. I did see that. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, first of all, how are you five episodes in already have Roxanne Gay? Well, it's like a real podcast. <laughs> I, ours is real, Zuri. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's very true. Roxanne will be a special guest. We're putting it out yeah. in the universe. Um, that needs to be our but goal. Yeah, no, I like it because I'm just like a nosy chitch. Like she'll call her bank and be like, how much money is left on my loan? And they're like, $10,000 and you've paid late 17 times and it's affecting your credit score and I'm like like I love Wait, to just know that this church only has $10,000 in loans I made that number up no she oh, has a okay. car thing and then she has a um a student loan but she said her parents were paying her student loan so I was like oh god that's the least my least favorite <laughs> thing to hear is someone saying like yeah but my parents are like paying for my student loan or like oh my parents pay my insurance like my parents pay my car I'm just like literally what the hell you can never sing Miss Independent you're not this song's not for you <laughs> and I think I talked for a long time so I'm oh wait I didn't even talk about the thing about the legacy of colonization is that like before we had picked out the episode topics I was just going to talk about like the police brutality that had happened in the past few weeks um mm-hmm. but I think that so much of what we're going to be talking about has to do with legacy colonization like the fact that Donald yeah. Trump is like in the top two of course like police brutality and especially when we talk about like it's a white woman who was who's actually charged and just like mm, white women have always been the number one racist. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about capitalism and colonialism a lot, but just like yeah. how people need to literally be incredibly rich to have good lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it, it does go into all of those things. So I'm not even going to spend five more minutes talking about how it's been <laughs> affecting me because we'll be spending a whole hour and a half on it. Okay, True. go. All right. So I've been listening to, I don't know if anyone knows the band Tune Yards. Um, they had a song on Orange is New Black oh, yeah. um, in season one. But their first album, Bird Brains, well, I think it's their first album, is one of my fave albums of all time. So I've just been revisiting that. And The White Stripes, who I also really like and I haven't listened to in years, revisiting them. And then I've been really into jazz, which is literally one of my top three favorite genres of music. So it's like mainly like Nat King Cole. It's like what are the other two? Oh, okay. It's difficult. I would say like punk and reggaeton. Um, so yeah. And then I've been reading Space Invaders still. I'm so obsessed with it. So that's a great book. And then watching. Okay, so I started watching this Netflix Ridge called Easy, which just came out. And it was like eight episodes long. So I was like, okay, I could do it. Um, didn't finish it. But it's basically about, it tells a tale of different stories from people who are sometimes connected. Like sometimes you see one person from one episode and they're the main person in the next episode. Um, but they're not always connected in the city of Chicago. And of some are more interesting than others because like, I don't know. There was like a Dave Franco brewery episode. I had no interest in that. 
I was not into it. But there are some other ones that I liked. And then I feel like it's like good overall. If you like are bored and just want to have something on in the background, I would suggest easy. And then I, okay, so after the tragedy that was How to Get Away with Murder season three premiere, which I decided I'm not watching the show until the finale because I, besides Viola, (laughs) yeah, okay, okay, here's the thing. Like, I only care about Viola and Nate. I don't care about anyone else on that show. I hate all the kids. Hate them. They're so damn annoying. Oliver, I mildly care about. Bonnie, I like because of Paris on Gilmore Girls, so I'll say I mildly care about her. Frank, I used to like, and now he looks like literally a murderer. I know he was a murderer before, but now he looks like it, so I'm just like... Frank looks better now than he did. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. He looks so much better before. So no. With this little accent, I loved him before. <laughs> or not Nate. Well, I always loved Nate. Of course. Um, of but course. Frank, like, looks so much it's better. It's like before. he lost his accent when he cut his hair off. What? <laughs> I don't know. Like, he just looks like a completely different person now. And I'm just not on board. And it's just like, I don't (laughs) care. Like, are they going to kill off Nate? Because I'm going to be incredibly pissed. Of course they are. Um, But I just thought it was like, it didn't like grab my attention. You know, I wasn't like, OMG, what's going to happen? It's, I already predict an outcome I don't want. And it's the only thing I felt. Yeah. And confused. Yeah. Very confused. I just feel like the show, like, it can't go on forever. You know what I mean? Right. And there's just not enough storytelling in that. Like, it's going to end like they go to jail. Because clearly Annalise is like an anti-hero. I'm obsessed with her, though. And I think that really she's the only one who holds the show because... She's such a good actress, Viola Davis is. But, like, the rest of them, the kids are bad. Like, I don't think they're good. I don't know. I'm just, like, not. I don't like this show, if we're being honest, just as you said. So, instead, I was like, okay, I want to watch another show. But, like, I'm sick of starting dramas recently. So, I only want to watch, like, short shows. So, I started watching Superstore featuring America Ferreira and Ben Feldman. Both Sad Girls Club approved. True, and true. I just loved really? it. It was so good. I thought it was really good. I laughed out loud multiple times. Wow. So if comedies can get me to do that, I'm on board. I just feel like it's so good. I just love America Forever too. So like obviously I'm biased, but right. I think it's, I recommend that people watch it because it's only like 11 episodes so far. So I think it's pretty good. What the F is it about? I they just that- work at Target? Well, they work at, yeah, like, it's called Cloud Nine. It's supposed to be, like, a Walmart-y type thing. And it's just, like, their interactions with each other. I just feel like it's cute. It was, but I think it's funny. Like, I love all the vibrant characters. I'm just obsessed. Mm. So, highly recommend. And then thinking about how colonization has affected me. Um, So, as many of you know, I'm a shut-in a recluse, a hermit. I don't do things that, like, aren't with my friends or my family. Like, I don't interact with... Well, unless I'm, like, at a rest and I'm like, thank you, can I have a margarita, please? Like, that's basically the only thing I say to anyone else. Um, And, like, on Twitter, I block or mute everyone who is annoying. 
Like, most of the people I follow, let's just say that only about 10% are unmuted. I hear most... all these notifications coming from your phone for someone who is such a hermit. It's Karan. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the show. One of the only... I have about six people who text me. You and him are in that, so there's only four other spots. But yeah, so I just like don't contact. I don't have much contact with people. Um, so I like feel like I just don't know what's going on in the world unless I read about it, which is really weird. But like, I don't have anything to do. I can't spend money because I only have a declining balance. So probably not good to do that. Um, but the other day, my mom was telling me about. Um, like white women at her job and how they interact with her and first of all I was so sad because I get sad when my mom is in situations that are bad but she was telling me that like her and her Mexican best friend um they aren't fluent in English and like this year they're given easier jobs so my mom works in like a high school cafeteria and they're given like easier like there's like if you serve food it's like she was telling me it's harder than when you're like at the cash register, like getting, like charging all the kids, I guess. Mm -hmm. And like my mom was good at that because she never came up short, which first of all, she was also telling me that if you ever came up short, you had to pay like out of your own pocket. She's like, yeah, like someone will Wait, the come. kids you mean? No, like the lunch lady. Oh, like if she did the math wrong? Yeah, but it's oh. like that is sus because I'm pretty sure the school district has enough to cover, like, oh, we're short $3 today. Like, it's not that serious. Right. But anyway, and she doesn't get paid a lot. So it's like, what? Like, why do I have to pay this much? And I'm just like, that makes me so sad for all the kids who, like, obviously can't afford their lunch. Mm -hmm. And then, like, it's like the big, the person who has all the money never gets, never has to pay for that. It always has to be either the woman or man, the person who's working and, or the kid who doesn't have enough money, so just makes me sad but she was telling me about how like all these white women are rude to her like all these trump supporters were like and my mom and her friend like mm. like to laugh just talk in spanish and then they're like they get mad but they're like don't talk like spanish at this job oh like this God. america you know the classic like old people i mean young people actually do this too because millennials are as racist if not more racist wait than... i thought the kids were doing that it's the like no other no it's yeah it's other workers oh. um my mom loves all the kids she's like yeah because they remind me of y'all and i was like mom <laughs> i love my mom sorry this is just me gushing about her <laughs> but yeah no and it's like you fully have no authority we're in the same job like why are you telling me not you know what i mean it's like you're literally just like white like that's but which makes sense because like white people are like that but I was just getting so sad when she was telling me about this because I feel like I've just been disconnected because obviously this happened and it happened to me at school I was pissed literally every single day but since I don't talk to anyone like obviously like my fam and my friends are like fine or else I would cut them out of my life so I'm just like it makes me sad and then it also makes me think about like you know, how to reach out to people who aren't necessarily, like, on social media. You know, like, on the same brainwave, if that makes sense. Like, we agree on things, but, like, we're not using the same language, or we're not, like... I, I'm, like, not in constant communication about this kind of stuff with my parents, even though, like, if they say one thing that's slightly off, I'm, like, mad. You know what I mean? It's, like, I sometimes am just, like... It's easier for me to communicate a lot of this stuff in English, because... I don't know. I feel like it's a language barrier and then also like 
a generational difference and I just got sad Mm -hmm. with her telling me about this because it's like I don't know sometimes I'm too self-centered maybe and (laughs) I never think about like what my parents are going through but they're obs going through I feel like worse things than I am to be honest so I was just thinking about that okay um so the first thing is a presidential update this is a late episode because we've been watch- we were watching the debate. I mean, I had to watch it anyway because they're just so entertaining. I don't have any notes on this. I'm just going to look through my fucking tweets. Yes, that's <laughs> what I was going to do too. But also, this was my first debate. I fully oh have goodness. never seen a presidential debate. I'm like so happy this. for you. But this is a good one to, to, to start with. What yeah. are your initial thoughts? I'm just like, I tweeted about this and you retweeted it. But you know those memes where they don't make sense? <laughs> it's like if you came downstairs and this carrot looked like this ten thousand dollars what would you do yeah (laughs) that's how donald trump speaks i'm just like what it made absolutely no sense and i'm just like first of all how can anyone and this was also maybe the second time i've heard donald trump speak out of his mouth because i just don't engage with him whatsoever i'm just like first of all how are his supporters understanding what he's saying? Like bare men understanding that because like, okay, I can, I can see you're racist and he's like, stop and frisk. Totally fine. But the fact like how his words come, it just makes no sense. I'm just like, Oh, maybe this is how like people hear me speak and they feel the exact same way, but it just really makes no sense. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? Hillary was just sitting there smiling and i'm just like okay like you she was annoying a lot of times but i did feel bad for her when he just was so stupid that like it was like how are you gonna engage with that that makes no sense (laughs) no yeah i've i've seen like most of the debates and i've been excited for this one can't (laughs) wait for the next ones but obviously hillary has a lot of like valid critiques that you could say about her but compared to Donald Trump I mean there's just no comparison like he doesn't have the range he doesn't have the experience (laughs) like what you're saying like he just wasn't making any sense and like you have the transcripts there was a question about like cybersecurity or something like my my 10 year old son meanwhile (laughs) that just yikes for your son because he's 70 um you how do you have a son that freaking young if you're elderly That's like that what i asked and it's i feel girl. like even melania is really old yeah i looked it up but she's 46 oh yeah that's not so right. she you could have a i feel like that's a perfectly fine age to have like a son that young but like their yeah, age yeah huge but yeah he's like my son is really good at using computers what does that have to do with cybersecurity or isis or whatever question was on the table no. just like oh god he said isis also literally every other word yeah and then the other word that he said was mexico just isis <laughs> mexico i was like um what yeah apparently i think i saw a stat that said like 18 percent of voters were undecided which is like what <laughs> how are you um, undecided the election is in like two months but yikes but like i knew that it wouldn't even matter what kind of fuck shit donald trump said because his supporters yeah. are just like Super they don't care they're like i'm gonna vote for him i want to make america great again i want to they don't care and it's like um your world would actually continue to suck or suck more when if he is elected yeah. but 
live in your exactly. white dilutions, your Caucasian dilutions, if you want yeah. to. So I knew that going in, like, it wouldn't even matter. But, like, actually seeing them against each other and it's just, like, yeah, Hillary has said things, has done things, has supported things that are incredibly problematic. And, like, problematic is a very, like, nice term. But I just <laughs> – it's, like, she's actually answering the questions with facts that, like, were correct. So yeah. – Wait, did you see that tweet that someone said Trump was underprepared, but Hillary was a little bit too overprepared? Yeah, I... I was like, what? Like, that's the sort of Caucasian delusions that Trump supporters have, and you can't do anything about that. In our last episode, was that when we talked about that art, those articles that we were reading about, um, um, we were, it was the ones about, like, um, when Hillary called... Like, Trump supporters racist or, like, whatever. Oh, yeah, um, that was a loss of deplorables. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. Um, yes. And it's like, well, the thing about that deplorable thing is everyone was so mad. They were like, how dare you call half of his supporters racist? Even though, like, on another pod I listened to, they just did the literal math for it. And it was, like, they did the math of, like, how many people are, like, registered voters? How many people are for Trump? How many people are half of that or whatever? And it was literally, like, 10 million and it, or something. And it's like, obviously, 10 million people are racist and many more than that. Yeah. So that's just math, whatever. They, mm-hmm. they hate math. They hate facts. Yeah, the deplorable thing, they were all so mad about it, but then I've seen so many, like, deplorable lives matter. So many people with, like, deplorable in their, like, Twitter username, because Twitter is, like, how I get all my news, and I'm just, like, so you're, it's like you're mad about it, but then you're, like, yes, this is true, this is real, this is me. Um, okay, I don't understand them. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about was, like, the section about race, which mm-hmm. I think it may have started off with just, I think he mentioned like Tulsa, Oklahoma, the thing, mm-hmm. the one we're going to talk about later. Um, and like those sort of race relations. I think he, the moderator did mention that. Um, but then it just went so quickly to like only black people are like the only racialized people in America and like their lives suck. Donald Trump did the like black people in the, I think he may have said blacks and Hispanics. Um, or, or African-American is what he says, not black. Um, like, in the inner cities, he said something about, like, you can't walk down the street without being shot. I was like, I have never been shot. I've lived in the Bronx and Brooklyn, like, my whole life. Um, never felt that emotion, but okay. Um, and then, and I feel like that's just such a, th- a thing that has just come up so much. Like, even I remember... Um, America's sweetheart Bernie Sanders would always like go straight to like the fact that black people and Latino people are poor. Like I remember he came to the Bronx, um, like when he was campaigning and he was interviewed on like Power 105. Oh shit. That's what I was gonna talk about in my listening. I'm like trying to find a new like news station. <laughs> Cause you know I like to listen to the news in the morning. <laughs> I was listening to The Breakfast Club last week, and this week I'm listening to WNYC, which is like, I do love news and politics, but it's like, I want to hear a Rihanna song every now and then when I get ready. Anyway, yes. Um, So what was I, how did I get into this? Oh yeah, he was being interviewed on Power 105, and he was like, they were like, why did you decide to go to the Bronx? And he's like, well, the people there are like really poor, the economic problems, whatever, whatever, and it's like, 
Like, Hillary did have her dumb answer where she was like, the, there's a lot of things besides poverty in the black community. There's black churches. Don't know what that is. She's like, black business owners and whatever. It's like, first of all, like, I, I'm a black person, so, like, yeah, I care about race relations um, about black people, but there's many more races. And even, like, the thing is that Donald Trump has said racist things about, like, Muslim people, Hispanic people, and it's like... Why did you only talk about black people? I just don't understand. I, I understand, but I also, like, Israel. It was just weird. Like, I'm a black person. I'm watching this, and it's, like, a whole, like, 20 minutes they just spent talking about me um, and how poor and horrible my life is and how stop and frisk is great. I need to get brought back. It was just... Yeah. I think also what they both did was make that entire debate just, like, about how African Americans and the police need to get along. Right. That was the like the gist of it and it's like no. Like what? Like also when he was hold on, let me scroll up. He said you need better relations between the communities and the police because in some cases it's not good. But you look at Dallas where the relationships are really steady. The relationships were really a beautiful thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then five police officers were killed one night very violently. There were some bad things going on. Some really bad things. And it's like, what are you insinuating here? Like, obviously, and when they talk about law and order and how we have to bring back law and order, um, it's, to me, a lot of this section felt like just blue lives matter. Right, yeah. And that's like, literally... I hate that. Yeah, I mean, I obviously don't think that any po- politician or president, well, president specifically, will align with my ideas about the police. Um, that's clearly never going to happen because I want them to be abolished, mm-hmm. along with the military. Um, so I wasn't having any delusions about what I thought would occur. Um, but I remember at one point... The moderator was like, do you think that police have an implicit bias? And Hillary oh, like, was like, we, all, we do. all do. And I saw this tweet where someone was, I actually saw a few tweets who were like, oh my god, like, I'm so happy she said yeah, that. Like, yes, we're all problematic. We're all like, working on our, ourselves. And I was like, not me. I don't have <laughs> implicit bias towards black people. So don't yeah. put me in there with that. Um, Yes, police do have implicit bias. I mean, I didn't think that Hillary would say yes. But But it's interesting that most of those people saying that were white. Right, yeah. And it's like, okay, like, maybe you're happy that, like, not only white people can be racist, which isn't a thing to be happy about. Right, yeah. They were just like, like, yay, she's validating, like, the fact that I... I'm afraid of black people. We're all this way. We yeah. all have this fear. And it's like, okay, like that is true in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like a lot of non-black people are racist. Yeah, you know? it's, it's because they're racist, though. It's yeah. not like, oh, we're all like this, so it's fine. We're all working together. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're exactly. like that if you're racist. And yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of you are. Yeah. and But then I also feel like it's sus to, I mean, maybe include that at some point, but to shift the conversation from specifically like police officers to like your local dentist is racist. It's like, okay, you first of all already made the entire conversation about police. 
the least you can do is talk about like, yeah, like we really got to do something about this because people don't trust the police and it shouldn't be blamed on the people. It should be blamed on the people who literally are killing people for absolutely no reason other than they're power hungry. I just don't even know. And then I also was like pissed when they were talking about guns because right. they made also the police discussion about guns mm-hmm. without actually making it about like, may, you know, maybe cops shouldn't shoot people like the minute that they come onto a scene. Maybe they shouldn't even have right. guns at all, which is my stance. But no, instead it was like, yeah, we got to catch the bad guys who. Yeah, it was like, like gang members have guns. Leaders. It wasn't yeah. about like, well, police are the biggest gang and yeah, they'll fully. shoot to kill if they smell a white person there i mean a black person in their vicinity so that is also an issue also meanwhile like in the past week i've seen about three massacres done by like disgruntled white dudes in the fucking malls and parking lots so literally which now isn't even like common or it is common but you know like on our news feeds whenever i feel like back in the day when there used to be a mass shooting mm-hmm. it would be like everywhere and now it's like a little like you know that scrolly thing at the bottom of news right yeah yeah it's that it's like part of there it's like yes guns you need to be taken out of like your mm-hmm. friendly neighborhood american but they're not the people who are shooting to kill without consequence that's cops yeah. do you want to talk about when he said she didn't look <laughs> She didn't look presidential. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And I also saw a lot of things about, like, one of Hillary's last points was about this Miss Universe, who Donald Trump, like, called fat. Yeah, well, first of all, I loved how much Hillary was, like, using things that he said against him, and he was, he was like, I never said that. And it's like, there's video reel of it. It's the Mm -hmm. fact that you said this. And then he was even like, well, I said that stuff about Rosie O'Donnell. She is a slob and it was like um stay on topic one (laughs) like two like clearly he wasn't prepared and i saw like in some of the like after people were talking about they're like that's literally disrespectful to people who like want to vote for you to not prepare for the first presidential debate it's like Mm -hmm. if hillary's talking about how much you're misogynist and bringing up like literal quotes that you've said maybe don't say i was talking about rosie aldonnell and everyone hates her and then even today about the beauty queen he was like yeah she gained a ton of weight it was it was a huge problem i was like no one in your team told you to just like scale back on that and maybe apologize no and then even i actually didn't notice this at all but he was apparently like sniffling a lot like i saw so many tweets about that oh yeah and then today (laughs) he was like i wasn't sniffling when people were like, "Are you? do you have a cold or whatever? And it's like, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? Um, but yeah, but what he was saying about about how Hillary doesn't have the stamina or the look. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, It's like, what does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> no, it literally means stamina. First of all, like, you clearly don't have the stamina because you're sick on stage as Right. It's like you're both 70-year-old white people. You've been aging yeah. like dogs. Yeah. I mean, they're 70. They look 95. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest here, the only person who's ever had the presidential look is Barack Hussein Obama II. Facts only. So, sorry. But also, like, what was he talking about? That's 
clearly like a sexist thing maybe that's just like she's a woman right because the past 44 have been dudes and that's why she doesn't have the look it's like how are you trying to spin this like she looks tired that's wait really quick i saw a tweet that was so funny it was like um hillary's dressed like a hot sauce bottle because (laughs) she's trying to pander to the OMG, well, she did say that she had hot sauce in her bag, a few. Yeah. Which Looks apparently like a... people have, like, the white supporters have, like, dug deep. Yeah. They were like, that, yes. Like, that's true. She did bring hot sauce to this interview but, in like, 2001. But, like, I really <laughs> did think that she copied me on like, Exactly. Because it was right after fucking Lemonade. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah. Sis, me too. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I saw another thing. Another thing that I was thinking about a lot is because, like, I was – my mom would, like, come out, like, every now and then to, like, watch it and then, like, run away screaming at Donald <laughs> Trump. But, like, so much of his thing is, like, um, trying to appeal to, like, fairs, specifically of, like, white people and, like, poor white people who mm-hmm. only have the skills of – factory jobs or whatever he was like just talking about how like how terrifying everything is how everything is bad everything's going to shit how isis it's like i remember even like there was the the bombings in the city a few weeks ago and Mm -hmm. everyone in new york was like making jokes about it like what are we more afraid of than the bombs and it was like falling into the subway trucks like going to the bodega and there's no more chopped cheese like sick passenger on the train it's like no one is afraid of ISIS, um, but okay. He that was like one of the first things that he mm-hmm. brought up, like the fact that ISIS and how Hillary has allegedly been fighting them for her adult life. Yeah. Even though I love the fact check, it was like ISIS started in 2013, so <laughs> that's a falsehood. Um. And I just imagine, like, when he's like, you've been fighting ISIS for all of your adult life. <laughs> like, whites at home being like, yeah. Yeah. And it's they like, full were. what? No, yeah, they full <laughs> word to all of the things about, like, how terrifying America is and how, like, it needs to be great again. Like, and me and my mom were like, first of all, I hate America every other day of the week. But I was, we were like, America's not that bad. Like, it's all right. It, first of all, was never great. So there's no such thing as making yeah. it great again. I mean, if you're white... Just no. It cannot get better. <laughs> right. Exactly. Literally cannot get but better. But even if you're a POC, like is it was never this is this is as good as it's been and like this isn't good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. It can yeah. only really go up. I mean, if you're a POC that thinks make America great again, I mean no kink shame, but it's you gotta never go. been great for you, <laughs> so I don't know where those delusions are coming from. But yeah, we were like I'm like becoming a fake nationalist i'm like um america's it's not that bad it's fine tomorrow or later even in the episode i'll be like this country needs to burn everyone sit down for the national anthem and set the flag on fire but like when he's talking about like how bad it is i'm like it really it's not and all these like fairs maybe they're caucasian fairs oh my god they were bringing up this fucking birther thing oh god I obviously knew that Donald Trump like, had started the whole thing about like yeah. uh, Barack Obama not being American and like getting a birth certificate. Like, oh, is he from Kenya? Even though like he's said he's from Hawaii or whatever. That's what the certificate says. And it's like he's not running for president. In fact, he's been the president for the past eight years of America. 
So, how the fuck are we talking about whether or not he's an American citizen? And Donald Trump is like, I'm very proud that I got him to show his certificate. Yeah. And then no. I saw teachers who were literally like, oh, it's not racist. People were trying to figure out if Ted Cruz was an American because he's born in Canada. And it's like, it is racist because this is the first black president. Oh, and now we're like, the only reason you think he's not American is because he literally has brown skin. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Really? I'm just like, wait, I want to read this quote because I remember when he was asking for that birth certificate. That's all the news I heard. Mm -hmm. So, Holt, as recently as January. So the question is, what changed your mind? And this is after he's like, you got the birth certificate came out in 2011. Trump. Well, nobody was pressing it. Nobody was caring much about it. I figured you'd ask the question tonight, of course, but nobody was caring much about it. But I was the one that got him to produce the birth certificate, and I think I did a good job. You literally only cared about this thing for months. Right. Like, no one else. Except yeah. for, like, people who you riled up to believe this. Yeah. Donald Trump supporters are so stupid. So I was listening to WMYC earlier in the week, mm -hmm. like, before, oh, I guess on Monday, like, the day of the debate. Um, and they were talking to kids at Hofstra who are on oh, the debate wow. team. Um, and so one of them was like Chinese American. It was three kids. One of them, it was a girl. She said she was a woman of color, but like she didn't say the race she was. And then one, probably Suspicious. a white girl. <laughs> um, the one other one was probably a white girl because she was supporting Donald Trump. She was a sophomore. I was like, oh, fucking nice. yikes. Um, and so these are two kids of color. They were like, and especially the Chinese kid, because, um, Donald Trump is always talking about China's like stealing all of our jobs. He was like, this is like scary to me and like my life my future mm -hmm. being a chinese american person and like our potential president is always talking about how horrible the country is and like how we shouldn't ever work with the country or whatever um like what do you think about that and she's like yeah that stuff is like i don't support it but donald trump he's just really excited excited like i like his energy Huh? like this is literal <laughs> shit that she was i'm like what you you think that he like has good energy that's why you want him to be the president of the united states meanwhile your friends are like he's racist and that scares us because we're poc of color and she's like well he like has good energy it's like vote for whoever you want to vote for as long as it's not donald trump but get with the program because yeah. it's in two months i mean donald trump somehow made it this far so i can't be like i'm he could win like that could literally happen it wouldn't be shocking yeah. because he's already gotten this far <laughs> mm -hmm. um it doesn't make any logical sense but this is america so they used to sell black people here it's i'm not shocked but um yeah i just don't I just don't understand, like, people's reasons for liking him are just so stupid, but there's literally not, he could come into your house and beat your mother up, and they'd still be like, yeah, I'm gonna vote for him. I want to make America yeah. great again, and it's like, okay, this is not a pro-Hillary SGC episode, though, because, yeah, I'm just yikes. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, I do want to move it along to another okay. basic white woman um so this happened i think um two fridays ago on the 16th in tulsa oklahoma um uh, so the background of this i wasn't even really paying a 
attention to this one. And then there was another person, Keith Lamont Scott, who was also killed by cops. And I was just like, like, I like to know what's happening, obviously, but I, I was like, I can't (laughs) know what's happening. So I just learned about this or like read the detail about this yesterday. But um, basically this guy's car got stalled. Some random white person who was mining, wasn't minding their own business called 911 and was like, something scary is happening. I think the car is going to blow up or something. Um, and so officers were dispatched on the ground and in the helicopter, a helicopter, and the one in the helicopter was like, oh, it's a big, bad dude, and it's like, it's a literal black person, so that's all you can see, that he's a black, mm-hmm. he's a big, bad dude, okay, um, and so, like, one, and so the cops come and they have, like, a non-violent interaction with him, I didn't watch the video, but, like, apparently the, the cop Betty is, like, yelling at him to, like, put your hands up or whatever, but, there's video and he's was shot with his hands up and like facing his car and they were saying that like he reached into the window for a gun or something but like his windows were rolled up so like Mm -hmm. clearly the cops are in the wrong um and so the cop betty was actually charged with first degree manslaughter um although she was like posted bill in 20 minutes and it's like fifty thousand dollars like that's a ton of money um but but yeah, so she was actually charged, and so we have we have an article from the establishment called "No White Women: Betty Shelby's Manslaughter Charges Charge Is Not Unfair" by Sarita Neal, um, and then it's like a Twitter thread from Zoe Samudzi, and she's like a like a she's doing a medical sociology PhD at UCSF, and she just is like really well known on. Twitter and she had a really good thread about this idea that the charge was unfair or like the charge was even happened because Betty is white and it's like well she murdered someone so Mm -hmm. let's start there I was obsessed with her thread because um I think we fully one of our episodes of SGC is called a river of white women's tears oh yeah um I feel like we've definitely made a claim before that white women, that so much racial violence is done in the name of white women and also by white women. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not, this is why I hate when people say like POC and women, because obviously women are part of POC, but you cannot equate white women with any people of color because historically it hasn't worked that way. Like, that's, we're not all in the same playing field together. Like, oh my god, the white man. And this also kind of reminds me of um, our conversation last week Mm -hmm. about how white women's feminism always has to deal with white men. It's like that relationship. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, for so many of us, another really toxic relationship is a relationship with white women and us. Right, right. And so... I just, like, I just thought that this thread needs to be repeated and, like, people really have to stop believing that just because a woman's, like, I'm a feminist, like, doesn't mean that they're literally soups violent, especially if they themselves, first of all, call yourself an intersectional feminist, you're blocked (laughs) out of my life. Because my biggest pet peeve is when, like, like, you... It's just so, 
I'm just always wary of anyone calling themselves, besides, you know, like, people who, I don't, I'm just going to say white women shouldn't call themselves intersectional feminist. Um, well, no one should, but. No yes. one should, but, like, I, I didn't know how to, like. <laughs> just don't say that. Don't. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't think it's an adjective. At least it wasn't created to be an adjective. Well, actually, right. yeah, intersectional feminism. But you know, like a descriptive, like, well, for yourself. this is, I think, like, I think a lot about how Bell Hooks says, like, not to say, I am a feminist, but like, I advocate for feminism. And even mm-hmm. though I say I'm a feminist, like, the idea that like, you can just be an intersectional feminist rather than it being an act or something that you yes. can do. And like, it was created by Kimberly Crenshaw. It was about black women. And so at the mm-hmm. very least, you need to be in constant solidarity with mm-hmm. black women and black issues and against anti-blackness. So if you're not even doing that, that's bare men. Don't yeah. put, I'm an intersectional feminist in your bio. Full no. I just want to read this um, mm-hmm. paragraph. I'll be the first to admit that I have trust issues when it comes to befriending white women. I'm extremely cautious with my friendships as a result, but even so, I can't help but feel like I've been fooled yet again by women who so publicly and performatively, love the word performatively there, Mm -hmm. claim to truly value intersectionality. It is beyond disheartening to know that upon receiving news that an officer will finally face some repercussions for killing our people, so many white women immediately jump to the unfairness of it all. Is it really any wonder that there's such a huge disconnect between black women and white feminism when this is the knee-jerk feminist response? Which I feel like is so well said because immediately white women are focusing on themselves. Or I don't know if other women are doing this who aren't white. But the focus on this being somehow an issue about their being attacked for their gender because she was charged with manslaughter for killing a man with his hands up. It's like, uh-huh. Same Donald Trump logic I'm seeing here. Makes no sense. Yeah, I have some of the quotes. So these are tweets, so I don't have the who said yeah. them because it's embarrassing for them, to, to be honest. Um, so one is, how surprising would it be if a woman, rather than all those male cops, is the first to go to jail for killing an unarmed black man? And then another one is, as great as this is, it speaks volumes that the first officer charged is a woman. White male privilege at its finest. Mm-hmm. Um, so besides the fact that, like she like people have gone to jail for killing black people um in sarita's article she says that last year 1200 people were killed by cops and 12 were charged but there were zero convictions and even in this like we were talking about before we even started recording like white women are being hella presumptuous because the fact that she posted bail in 20 minutes it's yeah. not looking good for her spending you know time in jail for this or being convicted mm-hmm. for this and then even recently with um Peter Liang who killed Akai Gurley and everyone was like oh it's because he's Asian like that's the only reason he's being charged and his his uh charges in the end were just like community service so you're picking up leaves in a park and you're a murderer so I don't really think that we're going to see anything different it's because she's a white woman and in Zoe's thread she talks more about like what she anticipates the spin being um something about people being like oh like she's just a little white woman like she was afraid of the big bad dude and I was thinking about how like black skin in general or like dark skin is like it doesn't even matter like whether or not you have a weapon like 
you're already weaponized. And so, like, the freaking person in the helicopter can just literally... What kind of view are you even getting from a fucking helicopter? And he can just look down and be like, oh, that's a big bad dude. And it's like, he's an unarmed black person, but he's already, like, been weaponized for them. And so she already has an edge because so much of American history is about protecting white women and white womenhood yeah. from big, bad black people. So it's like, don't worry, white feminists. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to die on a hill over Betty Shelby because she'll be back to work pretty soon. Um, I also just wanted to say that, like, apparently people have been saying that putting more women on police forces is going to end up, like, making police forces less violent. Which is also like, what? <laughs> so stupid. That's like literally so dumb. It's like the police are violent like in and of themselves. It doesn't yeah, matter what color they are. It doesn't matter what gender they are. It doesn't matter how tall they are, how nice they are. Yeah. It's in and of itself. That's why I hate people who are like, oh, I don't hate police. I hate police brutality. And it's not even that I hate police because like whatever, like my tiny hatred, that's not, it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's like this is literally an oppressive system. It's like so you don't hate or whatever the people who are a part of it, benefiting from it, profiting mm-hmm. from it, doing, like, literally doing the killing. You just hate, yeah. like, the arbitrary, like, system. So I don't yeah. really know what that means. It sounds like nothing to me, yeah. but okay. In the same thing of, like, oh, like, let's get more people of color and police or, like, let's get, um like diversity training or whatever it's like it's literally their job to target people of color poor people queer and trans people homeless people it's like that's their job Mm -hmm. which is and like even besides the fact that like we're just people of color and we know this because it's our lived experience it's like there's literally statistics that are like white people doing the same crimes like black people or people of color will be more likely to be charged and like have higher sentences so it's like they're doing their job very well like betty was doing her job very well when she shot and killed this person so i don't really know how having more bettys would be helpful to anyone (laughs) (laughs) also she has two fucking first names as her name like already you're my enemy it's like betty what the fuck i I also think like people need to like crime is literally construct right like what the hell constitutes crime white people made that up and then also like people need to go to prison because that's how they make money so who are they going to put in prison like it's just like it makes no logical sense how people argue for like the virtue of a couple police officers or at um the end of this article her name is Sirietta, right I think it's Sirita, but I don't Sirita. know. I've never, like, actually... I don't know if I've heard the name yeah. being said. I think it's Sirita, Sirita sounds better because I think I just butchered it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I was saying. But near the end of the article, there's this quote between violent cop Betty Shelby and unarmed citizen Terrence Crutcher. Who do you identify with? And I mm-hmm. think that's really important because if we're seeing so-called intersectional feminists identify with Betty Shelby, who is the violent cop who in this case stands for, like, the state, a murderer, white supremacy. Where does that lead us? You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. I can't trust people who just say, like, we can't trust people who just say, I'm an intersectional feminist because we have intersectional feminists literally IDing with Betty Shelby and, like, 
writing think pieces about her. No, yeah, I think about this so much when this sort of thing is happening because, well, we went to a PWI, a predominantly white institution, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, um, and, like, in my senior year, there was um, Mike Brown and Eric Gardner and Freddie Gray were, like, the main cases that people were talking about, um, and that, like, were going through trials or whatever, and, mm-hmm. like, I saw so many things from white people whether it was just like an insta that said black lives matter or like a sharing a post or like whatever they did like so many like public displays of solid like intersectional solidarity i'm doing ear quotes um meanwhile like you posted a black lives matter instagram i can scroll through your whole insta and not see one black person in like your group Mm -hmm. your pictures with your groups of friends or like me like i'm the only black person who like I know like is your friend or is a person you talk to or like I know that you don't engage in like any of the like black things or cultural things that happen on this campus or whatever or like I know that you learned everything that you know about intersectionality race whatever from me probably (laughs) or like another black student at the school who you should like pay or at least cite them in your fucking Facebook status and so I really liked when she said like who who do you identify with because it's like really easy to be like yes black lives matter yes I'm an intersectional feminist yes I care about these issues yeah I'm not racist like I have a black friend or whatever but it's like let's be honest Betty's and Shelby's of the world like (laughs) you benefit from white supremacy you definitely have implicit bias as Hillary Clinton likes to say and (laughs) you are Betty yeah don't say that you identify with the person of color right if you don't have black friends like yikes like I won't say outright that you're racist um but like if you don't you are are. if I look through (laughs) your Instagram and like the clan would have no problem with it yeah, you're posting a Black Lives Matter. It just doesn't compute. Yeah. I'm like, you don't even know any black people except for me. So yeah. I don't really understand this post. Um, or especially like what? using like memes that were probably created by black people or like, I, you know, like language. I feel like a lot of white kids find it trendy to do stuff like that. Well, yeah, I feel like they're just like, I have to put some. It's like, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they care. Like it's it is really a lot to like see these images and to see black people or people of color being killed by the cops so much and like feel like you cannot do anything so I don't want to say like never post anything but to me as a black person it just feels literally fake when you do that because I'm like um what do you do in your real life how do you challenge anti-blackness in your life Mm -hmm. every single day that's really important the likes on the photo because that reminds (laughs) me of hold on let me look for this um but yeah I agree but I'm also thinking like social media is so much so much performativity so Mm -hmm. even to me any posting requires a critical lens do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's just like I feel like I can't trust oh like just like hold on I want to say her name correctly Sarita 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 is saying like I feel like I can't trust it do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. or maybe I'm too cynical but like (laughs) no I'm being too nice <laughs> no, no, I feel like you're not. Um, maybe I I have already like ID'd as mean and rude, <laughs> but like it's gonna take a lot for like to even 
be like, yeah, like, I'm an Allie, or Allie. <laughs> I'm an Allie. <laughs> Not a friend of the show, Allie. Someone I follow is talking about this, and I want to make sure I cite them. Okay, well, I can't find it. Um, I just can't find the Twitter account. I'm so sad. But basically, they were saying that you can't just be like, oh, I believe this. And then it's like, done, finished. Mm -hmm. It's true. Like, you have to actively be doing something. Right. In order to make that statement true. So the fact that, like, you call yourself an intersectional feminist, and then you don't do anything, you, like, like your friend's FB post not gonna cut it like that just doesn't work that way like a lot of white people are rich give money right fully do something where like you're actually helping to like deconstruct these really oppressive things i'm just like so over like just like lazy work and then being like oh i'm an activist because one time i went to a march (laughs) no no especially if like that's not where like you fit in most you know what I mean? It's right, like, yeah. people have to see where they fit in most. Especially if you're rich, give literal money to people. That's, like, my biggest pet peeve is when people who are rich, like, don't do GoFundMes. Like, I'm always retweeting GoFundMes. Whether it's, like, a girl just being like, I want new earrings. I want a plane ticket. Like, I'll RT it because it's, like, give them money. Like, I know plenty of you are always traveling. Like, like don't go on a vacay this year and give someone else money like it's not that hard um but yeah that's just like it's just such an easy way to be a helpful ally from sitting at your home and not going out in a march and yelling things like whose streets are streets when you're literally a white person (laughs) um sit at home enter your credit card information and like donate to the fund because there's always a fund that's made up after but also like there's many things that you can do and yeah they don't always need to be like performative and yeah it's just it's just always been like really annoying to me to see mm-hmm. these like I'm sure they have good intentions which is me being too nice but you need to do more because people are literally dying and yeah only people of color like doing anything about it yeah I think it also starts with like why is every conversation you have about Black Lives Matter or some other racial thing if you're white with people of color which is my biggest pet peeve because it's like, um, I see you having lunch with your white friends every day. They're not supporting the cause. Like, why are you only talking about this in a context where, like, you're going to learn from it instead of teaching other people or telling them. Right. It's like. About stuff where they're clearly going to listen to you because you're white and they're your friend. Huh? It's like, talk to the Donald Trump supporters in your fucking family. Yeah. My biggest pet peeve is when people... I feel like I've said the biggest pet peeve about 20 times this podcast. <laughs> They're all number but, one. But, like, I was seeing so many people yesterday be like, oh my god, like, I can't believe my grandparents support him. It's like, maybe talk to them? Like, I know it's gonna be sad for them to be like, no, like, you young kids, like, but don't know anything, but... Literally, they're going to vote for Donald Trump. So why don't you do something about it? Yikes. Okay. Um, oh, it's 11-11. Mitts, make a wish. Yeah, well, it's 10-11 here, but I'll still make <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. Let's move on to this next one. And so yeah. this is our general topic, or the conversation we're going to have is based on an essay called The Woman You Want to Be is Rich by Chelsea Fagan. And the financial diet, I guess, is just like her personal blog. 
Um, I haven't, like, I haven't read anything on it besides this, but that's about, like, how to be a woman with money. And it was posted on Feb or September 1st. I really like this article. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me, um, Chelsea Fagan, she talks about just, like, keeping this blog, The Financial Diet, and just, like, trying to understand, like, how to budget, how to have money, how to, how to have it all. And so, like, the whole point of this essay is that she's, like, saying that the woman that she wants to be is rich and like all the ideas that people get about like what sort of woman you want to be which is like for a lot of women like like having a family like cooking dinner for your family like traveling like having nice things being able to go on vacation or whatever like that woman is rich um let me see if i have a quote um Okay, I hope this quote isn't that long. She goes, The woman I want to be is rich, and there's a good chance that if you were raised in America like me, watching movies and reading books and flipping past pages and pages of advertisements to get to magazine articles that were nearly indistinguishable from more advertisements, you want to be a rich woman too. You may not ever think of yourself in those terms. You may not have had a hard number in your mind or a plan for how you're going to get there. You may not even think that having a lot of money is important to you. But it's what you want, I can promise you. Like, I read this maybe last week, and I was like, you're so right. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I identify with bro culture. I mean, like, I've obviously wanted to, like, have economic mobility and, like, not be literally poor forever. But I've never been, like, like she says, like, I've never had, like, a hard number. Or I've never thought that, like, well, I've thought that money is, like, important, obviously, because, like, that's what poor people do. But I've never been, like, I need to be, like, a millionaire to have, like, a cute life. But, um, especially for women, like, just basic things, like, having a family or, like, yeah. uh, traveling. Like, it's not that you need to have, like, a, a nice job and, like, a good salary. And she says that, like, in writing her blog, like, she's realized these things. Like, she thought that she could just be budget savvy and, like, have have all the things she wants have children and a career which is like a thing that like a lot of women want she's like you need to be rich mm -hmm. to have that what are your yeah. thoughts <laughs> well I feel like I always wanted to be rich <laughs> <laughs> the woman I want to be is rich and I knew that she was rich because she <laughs> was rich in the first place um but I definitely agree with this because I'm thinking like she talks about this in her article but when that like oh my god like do whatever makes you happy or mm -hmm. I just want to be happy it's like um it's called we live under capitalism so if you want to be happy you're gonna need a lot of money so that has just always been I feel like the people who say that are already rich so right yeah it's like of course you're happy and you only want to be happier aka like you don't have to worry about any of this. And that's not to say that, like, poor or working class people aren't happy, but... It's like money buys happiness. As you were saying, money is so. always on your mind. And it's a huge stressor for people. Mm -hmm. She says, you may think that your goal is to be happy, to have time and leisure and focus on simple things like nature and meditation, but I have news for you. All those things are money. And she says, like women get like different ideas of like the woman they want to be so somebody she says the career woman the perfect mom the fitness guru the nature girl the domestic goddess the fashionista the traveler and she says but we must all come back to the same ultimate conclusion when we when we try to figure out how to be her she costs money maybe this is like a third wave feminist thing of like you you can have it all and it's like you yeah. can which is like all is just like you can have a career and you can be a mom meanwhile don't want either of those things um but you obviously cannot be poor and like have that 
comfortably. Um, don't really know if there's a distinction between middle class and rich. There isn't to me. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it's like you need to, like that woman costs money. And then this is the same thing when we talked about give your money to women so, so long ago. Um, yeah. And how it's always like an embarrassing thing. Like don't talk about it. Don't ask for money. Don't put your like Venmo name in your as your Twitter website. And it's like, we literally need money to live. Besides the fact that, like, women get paid less and, like, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, people need lots of money to live and to have a family and to go, like, buy good shoes and to, like, if they wanted to travel, even if it's not on a vacation, even if it's just to, like, see your family that literally lives not, like, in your neighborhood. It's like, you need lots of amounts of money and like disposable income and savings to just live comfortably or I feel like it's positive as like being selfish or like being greedy if you're like oh I need money like and it's like you literally need lots of money to live fully especially because like I'm thinking of like when the banks ruin the economy the housing market those people were incredibly greedy but like we don't ever look at it that way we just like some people think they're criminals and other people are just like just business like oh well and it's like no like if you're asking money to live asking for money to live you're asking for money to live if you're literally stealing money from people like okay maybe you're greedy yeah i feel like i'm always been annoyed at the fact that women are like told to that they should aspire to like have a career and like have a family mm-hmm. and no one's ever like by the way like you're gonna be working like a fucking dog in order to do that yeah. it's like these people are working so hard working all the time and it's like first of all it's not desirable like even a nine to five is like too much for me I'm an entitled millennial so like that's why but she says like yeah I want to like have a be at a level of financial freedom where I can have all the things that I want but like I also want ease and it's like yes. that's the trade-off like you can't like you can't have that mm-hmm. unless you're incredibly rich and it's like um so I just need to like work really hard forever work like a dog and then like maybe at some point I'll have le- like leisurely time but I'm also thinking about this cycle of ease because she mentions in the article and I think about this all the time when rich women invite often when women of color who are most of the time immigrants into their homes to take care of their children, to like be housekeepers, clean their house. Like their, their ease becomes another woman's burden. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like, okay, like generally what kind of women are more wealthy, white, even if it is hard to get there, like that's just overwhelmingly true. And then who has to come in and do that work to me is always interesting to think about because yeah it's like you're getting your leisurely time like on the expense of another woman of color Mm -hmm. so it's like if i have kids i'll just get a white nanny so it'll be like reverse (laughs) (laughs) colonization true um but i just don't want my kids to be attached true but like full can't have time to deal with them that's true women literally go to work and like when they're at work someone needs to take care of the kids before school time yeah before their school age i mean especially because i also want to be a single mom (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, it's awesome. It's gonna be a lot of work, but it's just like. And then, like, I, I didn't like really like go into the comments that I was like reading some of the comments, and they were like, "This is interesting, but you're wrong. Like, I don't care about being rich. I just wanna like be happy. I just like wanna do these things." And it's like, first of all, you're gonna need to be rich to be happy, sis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every poor person will tell you that, and it's like, yes, poor or rich people like deal with all kinds of things that are hard for them but you literally need to have money to do anything it's like if you don't want to sit on your bed all day you're gonna need to have a source of income same because i'm currently depressed (laughs) and guess what i do all day do you sit on your bed yes (laughs) sometimes i go downstairs sit on the couch other times i'm at my standing desk but regardless i do nothing except occasionally study for the jury not a good life. Yeah. I wish I had money because then I could go. I wouldn't even have to look for jobs. I'd just be rich. I'd be a socialite. Which reminds me. I like when she talks about branding and how wealth as a status symbol is increasingly becoming more important. And that right. also reminds me of that Insta we are reading yesterday about like exposure, like a lot of Twitter followers, like you get a billboard, Instagram followers, blah, 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 that is supposed to be compensation instead of actual, like, monetary compensation for a lot of, like, artists, even, like, social media profiles. Um, It's like, wow, you're famous. And even though I do want a lot of people favoriting my tweets, like, I recognize that that's not going to give me any money. Unless, of course, I'm, like, a, like, 16-year-old white kid who makes, like, a damn Daniel video and then... I get a whole shit ton of money when I go on Ellen. Yeah, you're going to need to be white first, Gwen, so start there. Yeah. Remember that Chichu literally just put on, like, a Chewbacca mask and, like, laughed at herself in the car yeah. mirror? And then she got, like, scholarships for her whole family. It's like, what the fuck? I feel like one of the most privileged things ever is to have, like, a college fund. I mean, it's practical, oh, but it's, like... If you're poor, you don't think of that. If you're poor, your parents are like, um, be really smart in high school because you're yeah, going to no, you're going to need a full ride if you want to go to school. Literally. My call my entire college application process is where am I going to get the most financially? Right, yeah. That was the only thing I cared about. Wasn't like, "Oh my god, where do I fit? Like, is there like acapella at this school oh my god so fun it's like so i have the acceptances they're not important financial aid letters what's the highest oh i'm going here yeah okay cool i remember when i got my our almas um when i got that letter and it was like i got more money in like financial aid than the school cost for that year i was like all right like that's where you're going i was like mom i haven't even gotten my other acceptance letter and she's like this is paid for it's done (laughs) And I was like, okay, true. It turns out I can't be like a white middle class teen at this time because I can only think about money. No, yeah. Which also to me is interesting. Just in gen, sorry to cut you off. No, I wasn't saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I really like this article, but I like it so that other people understand like, okay, you want to be rich. But to me, I've just always thought that because like, even, like, when we were little, my family was always, like, okay, like, do good in school so you can get a scholarship, get a good job, and then, like, you won't be poor like us. That was just always kind of my thing, and I realized that, like, I really like expensive things. Like, I don't, like, why well, go to thrift stores? But, like, to me, I just always 
like I was I was saying earlier, like rich or like with money was always my goal. And I knew that things would come from having that money. Mm-hmm. I didn't think the opposite of like, okay, I want this goal, but then money is somehow going to factor it to that, if that makes sense. No, yeah. Well, I was um like when I graduated from college as you know, but maybe listeners don't know, like, I was unemployed for, like, three months after I graduated, and so now, even though I, like, I don't, I'm not rich, like, I don't have, like, a huge salary, but, um, like, I have money, and I have savings, and it's, like, obviously, like, my life has changed, because, like, I literally have, like, an income now, and it's, and, and I'm just, like, like, I'm not in school, like, I need one to literally live, and it's, like, this is my life now forever. It's, like, I can never be unemployed until I'm, like, 70, but... Yeah. I'm just going to have to marry rich, get Dude, divorced. I always and think that. Especially in New York settlement. when, like, it's so expensive. Like, um, the not even the cost of living, but, like, homes and, like, housing, yeah. real estate. It's so expensive. I'm like, so I'm going to need to marry someone whose family owns property and yeah. is about to die. Because yeah. clearly I'm just a regular schmegler, degler girl from the Bronx. And I'm not going to ever have the wealth to buy a house in Central Park West or an apartment. Yeah. So going to need to somehow maneuver my way into that. Finesse my way into it, as the children say. Because <laughs> it's, it's not looking like a thing. But yeah, the woman yeah. I want to be is rich. Cool. Better start start on that yeah i think that's a wrap for this I week i think that sounds like a wrap yeah okay so our website is sagosclubpod.com to get all the info all past episodes all reading lists and then like where else to find us on the internet we did want to say if you like this podcast to go on itunes and you're probably listening on the itunes podcast app go on to it rate and review rate us five stars that'd be so awkward if you rated us less than five stars yeah Um, especially if we know you i mean if we know you in real life and you haven't rated it yikes i'm about to start on knowing you but i know that there's like (laughs) other people who listen to this podcast who like we haven't met which is i actually think i like the fans we haven't met and the fans (laughs) we know and love but even if it's just a sentence that just says, like, I like this pod. Well, I'll just use the word love. Why not? First of all, yeah. like, I don't really know anything about Al- iTunes algorithms. But, like, on actual podcasts I listen to that are, like, real, they're, like, it's really helpful to us when you leave a yeah. review. So, like, cool. I believe them. Please do that. It's just also very nice. But, like, people have told us that they like the podcast or they like an episode or, like, they like our conversations. Take that that you're going to send to me in a text and just yeah. copy-paste it into the iTunes podcast out i would be forever grateful we really would and that's all folks bye (laughs) bye